We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to Prem Pata. It's Mike and Norm with you today to try and fill some of the void that's been left by the lack of football in recent weeks and for the foreseeable future. So without further ado, Norman, how are you doing, mate? I'm very well, mate. Yep, um, the the madness, um, the surrealism of life at the minute um, is, you know, I'm, I'm gradually starting to accept it. Um, and I think it's the acceptance of the fact that we've got absolutely no idea how long this is going to last. The the, the two weeks isolation or things will be better by this date, none of it actually matters, does it? So it's just uh, starting to adapt to the uncertainty of knowing when things will return back to, um, air quotes, normal. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And yes, that affects this podcast as well, really. like We don't have the usual live football to talk about, so... Some of you may have heard last week we kicked off with a uh, all-time bald Premier League eleven um, as a starting point um, to kind of uh, yeah indulge ourselves in these times and uh, give us uh, give us forty-five minutes to um, reminisce and talk about football and give us our hit for for a few days. Um, this week, Norm, I think we're going to go the other way. Obviously, a lot of us. Um, don't have the access to a barbers at the moment so in a fair few weeks people might have to start considering uh doing a job on their own hair or just letting it grow um and emulating heroes past so today we're going to have a look and try and pull together together a list of the all-time great premier league um long hair 11 norm and i know you've got some strong feelings about the laws and the, the restrictions and requirements mm. we should adhere to. So I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you take it away from that, that point. I, I think, um, I think it's the, it's the concept of, you know, it's what constitutes long hair. And for me, I think you've got to kind of use the, the Robbie Savage sort of bob as your minimum length. So it just, but I would say just below the years in a kind of bob style that, that for me constitutes long hair. Um, Cause I, I was trying to kind of shoehorn drug back into the side because you know when Drogba had his hair straightened, um, yeah. I think when he was initially at Chelsea, and I was looking at photographs today, and I can't make a case for it. I can't make a case for Didier Drogba having what constitutes long hair because it doesn't quite go past the years. So, unfortunately, you know, I've really kind of, I've ruined it for myself really by by kind of conceptualising long hairs past the years because it means that I can't have, I can't have Drogba, one of the greatest forwards to ever grace. Premier League football, um, but yeah, I, I don't know how you feel about that, roommate. Is that is that acceptable to you? 
Well, well, that is a blow. I'll be honest, because I had Drogba, I had Drogba question mark written on my notes well, yeah, in front I've of me. Well, yeah, I've just answered question for you. I was thinking of exactly that same period. It was kind of a very sort of starched, wiry kind of mm. yeah. So it did sort of come away from his head, which I think is one of the yeah. the criteria. But I, I'm kind of with you. I, th- I think in my heart of hearts, I, I probably knew, but it does make me very worried about um one of my other star striker picks um, interesting it, it may it may well mean andrew voronin um gets a look in but we'll, we'll have to oh, see <laughs> i mean he's on he's on my list mate. he's on my list he is he is um for reasons other than his performance in in a premier league when it when he was here that season with Liverpool. Mm. but that that's that's for later in a pod maybe we can warm ourselves up and and get there why don't we start at the back um i think we'll we'll probably try and go for a traditional 442 but um we'll see we'll see if we see if we have to adapt it as we go but i I think we can i think we can manage it so um let's start in goal norm there's an obvious one for me yeah but i want to i want to come to you first and see what you're thinking probably the same as you i've gone with david seaman you can't you can't Take away, you know, he's got everything going on, hasn't he? It's it's long, it's really thick, it's really long, like down to his back. He had it in a ponytail and he had a massive tash and he just had the look of a kind of extra from Boogie Nights or some kind <laughs> of um, free-to-TV 70s, um, 70s pornography. Um, <laughs> not that I was an avid watcher of it. Um, it's that, that That is just based on, you know, your stereotypical opinion of, of pornography from that from that era, um, sure. and for me, David Seaman not only was he a brilliant goalkeeper, but he just—I mean—he just looked spectacular, didn't he? He looked—he looked and he was—he looked like he was from another era, and yet he was still one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And and, he, and he's pomp. He did, he did indeed, and it, it sort of came from nowhere. I can't remember thinking back whether he just, you know, came back after one summer and it was suddenly look. He always had kind of luscious, like big big curtains that I guess were it was kind of on the on the long side of a of a normal haircut wasn't it it was like the other way around it was like all the way around he grew it like like lengthways at the back in his latter years but when he first started off it was like he was kind of growing it forward it was like it was just reversed you know his hair was reversed and he just parted it in the middle at the front (laughs) kind of kind of like a cousin it thing going on um from the Adams family but um the thing is with Seaman, he always kept his long hair during his playing days, but when he took his tash off, I found that really weird. Yeah, he looked, he looked, he looked gormless really when he had that <laughs> when he had the long hair because the tash was was perfect. It was thick. It was it was walrus like, wasn't it? It was the Absolutely. perfect the perfect compliment. If you're gonna at the age he was, sort of at the in the latter stage of his career. If you're gonna make that massive play and suddenly have a massive ponytail, fair play. But you have to pull it off with a tash like that. It's almost kind of yeah, fair enough. That's acceptable. That's not as a bolt from a blue. But when he got rid of the tash, it's kind of like the two comes a pair for me. And without yeah. it, you just you just look daft. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, you know when, when people buy those uh, comedy glasses with a nose. And tash. Yeah, yeah, so if you yeah. if you take one of those away, it just you just look stupid. But when they're in combination together, they're really effective. And I think, um, and I don't know. I mean, did did Seaman's career, you know, did it kind of fall off a cliff when he got rid of the tash? Have we got some sort of Samson thing going on here, or was it just because he was old and he had to retire? I mean, yeah, I, th- I think I think it, we're probably talking coincidence. Um, oh, wait, it's uh, not, and, there's and no religious connotations. And... No, I, I don't think so. But I was I was thinking about. 
um, you know, his his performance when he had the long hair. And I think there was there was still a time when he was when he was was quality. Obviously, we were, the the main memory of him with his with his ponytail is him getting done by Ronaldinho in the 2002 two World Cup from that from that free kick. But I still remember. I'm sure that remarkable save against Sheffield United in the uh, I think it was Sheffield United in the FA Cup semi-finals where he clawed one back from like behind him uh, on on the goal line. Uh, that was that was a ponytailed seaman. So ponytail, I, I, yeah. I, I still think he had some some good moments um, with with the ponytail. I forget how long he had it now, but I think it was a, a fair while. So it wasn't just the last the last season or two in his career. Yeah, I mean, you know what? And I'm and I'm glad I'm glad that he. Did have some good, you know, ponytail moments. Let's call them ponytail moments, um, because uh, for me, the long hair doesn't seem like a practical haircut for a goalkeeper. Um, no. You know, just the the kind of movement of the hair when you're diving round. If you've got a bobble in there, because you probably got it in a ponytail. If you've got a bobble in, the bobble might fall out. What if the bobble falls out during the match? You know, it, it, that's going to put a lot of pressure on you to pick up another bobble or to find it. If you haven't brought a spare bobble in your little goalkeeper <laughs> bag, finding it in the mud. Is going to be difficult, so I think Seaman deserves a lot of kudos, and he's he's the definite pick for goalkeeper for me. Yeah, I mean it could have it could have worked the other way if he's coming out to claim a cross in a crowded area, just a slight flick of the head and just uh, take out a centre forward in the eye with uh, with his with his massive tail could oh, have yeah. could have could have helped, yeah. but I, I can't remember it ever happening. But losing his bobble or his scrunchie, as you say. Um, I can't remember that, but wouldn't it have been fabulous if he'd come out and just it come loose. Suddenly, this mane of hair erupts as he comes to comes to claim a cross. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember that. I guess that's just in, in my own, you know, slightly concerning mind's eye. Yeah, and I've I've also got him in a, um, a kind of luminous, a luminous pink '80s style scrunchie. No, he definitely wore one of those, didn't he? I've got that in my head now, so it must have happened. I was going to say it must be in your head because I can't imagine you having much use for uh, a scrunchie, um, no matter what <laughs> colour. As things stand, Norm. But um, I think a convincing argument for keeper. I think we're both agreed on that. The only other one that kind of sprang to mind was was it Rami Sharban? Was it or am I thinking who was the uh... Norwegian? Was he? Was he a Norwegian keeper? Or Swedish? Oh no, I'm I'm thinking of the the Sunderland keeper, like mid nineties. Lionel Perez. Perez, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously nowhere near in the same league. But just um, a, yeah, I just could... an absolutely atrocious goalkeeper. Wonderful here. I mean, if this was. If this was based on, um, you know, not not necessarily on ability, but just on hair, I've gone for a couple of just on hair, not ability, um, but predominantly gone with the actual ability of the player. Um, but I think, yeah, Lionel Perez, you know, he, for me, that sort of long, curly thing he had going on, and I think he permitted himself as well. I don't think it was naturally curly. Mm. That was a, a good year out of 10, but I still think Seaman would actually beat him on hair alone. I think Seaman's hair gets a 10 out of 10, and yeah, as a goalkeeper, yeah. he's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seaman, Seaman's got too much for him. Um, that, that's no doubt. So um, we've got a solid start at the back. Let's let's go right right to left of the mm-hmm. back four. Um, instant thoughts, and uh, I sort of dispelled this in my in my mind was Alessandro Pistoni, but it's not it's not long enough. I think I've I've, I've disqualified him myself. Yeah. Um, at the moment, but. I think I think the the obvious choice that was coming to my mind then for for right back was more recent um, and I think he's got rid of it now. But Hector Bellerin um, is is probably my shout that I put forward. Um, many hairstyles in recent years, but I think he has uh, at stages had the requisite length to to stake a claim for a place in in this team. 
I've got I've got Bayerin in there, um, but the thing is I really struggled for fullbacks, so I've actually I've actually pushed Bayerin yeah. onto the left hand side. Um, now I'm willing to negotiate because you've you've clearly come up with a with a left back. Um, I, I was struggling with left back. I've got to be honest. We might have to we might have to adapt, but I've got uh, a few options. Oh, well, that's good because I went right back. Um, I channeled um, Diego Maradona's cocaine fueled spell in charge of Argentina in 2010, um, and I went for I put Jonas Gutierrez at right back. I know yep. he didn't play in the Premier League at right back, but Maradona had him in that position for Argentina. And look. The World Cup 2010 campaign ended in failure, but it was a glorious failure. It truly was. Um, and I, I just thought, you know what, Jonas could play there because the thing is, yeah. Jonas, you would normally play him obviously on on the wing, but there've been so many good long haired wingers, so many. It was just, it was just. I, could, I thought, well, if I'm going to fit him in the team, I'm going to fit him in a place where, where there's a lack of talent. And for me, I put him at right back, but. I'm happy to go with Bellerin at right back. I've got him in at left back, as I say, but I'm happy to go with him at right back if you feel like you've got a better option on the left hand side. Well, I've got a few that are going to be kind of borderline, I think, and I, mm. I agree. I put I put June, Jonas in my uh, in the mix for mine as a yeah an option as a utility player as well. So why don't why don't we start having a look at left back and see what our options are, and then we can then we can right. make a decision. Um, so a, a couple of thoughts from from me. Um, first off, I was convinced at some point Christian Zieger had long enough hair. Um, to register an opportunity not for long um, but there are some 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 pics of him um, I think unfortunately it's it's largely towards the end of his career that uh, he has um, has long enough hair um, I saw him in uh, Germany mate I saw pictures of him in Germany when he had he had a mullet he had a, he definitely had long hair the back spiked on top but it was when he's younger in Germany and when I, I looked at pictures of him when he signed for Borough because obviously he was at Borough and then he went to Liverpool didn't he and his hair was definitely short when he was in the Premier League so I, I looked at Ziga and I had to discount him based on his, his Premier League hairstyles unfortunately yeah, yeah, no, I can, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, he was, so he was, he was, he was one option. Um, another one who I'm sort of desperate to find a way in for, um, for obvious reasons, is um, my beloved Mauricio Tarico at left back. Oh, good um, Now I think this counts. If if you, if you look at, uh, at photos, obviously um, at the town he was, uh, he was not fortunate enough to play play for us in that in those Premier League seasons but um in his Spurs days I think I think that classifies as long enough certainly when he was in motion um at certain times I've I've got evidence that I'm happy with Norm I don't know if you want to do a quick image search I'm I'm um, gonna I'm I'm just having a quick look now um Mauricio Tarico Spurs um and I'm going on the images here and I mean that is there is a picture of him where he's here as you see him when he's running when he's running and the kind of curls almost detangled to a certain extent, um, there's a good length there. And I would say that if, if he had that hair straightened, so if we look at it like this, if he yeah. if he got the um the GHDs on there and he went for a um not not um not GH not not GHB, the um the the drink that can uh, <laughs> knock you out. I'm saying drink, you know, it's a it's a, cl- <laughs> it's a classified illegal drug. Um if he got the GHD hair straighteners on there and went for poker straight. Uh, that would definitely be below the years. In fact, I'd say it'd probably go down to his shoulders. So yeah, he counts. I think he, I think he counts. Bloody marvelous news that is. Well, well, he's he's definitely in uh, one of my favourite players of all time. He's left back. Then. Um, he plays at left back, definitely. Yeah, and um, yeah, 
yeah, woe betide any right winger who tries to yeah tries to take him on. A uh, a vicious tackler and a vicious uh, a vicious bullet the left and right foot on him. Um, many a many a goal in the top corner um, from from that man. So I'm glad I'm glad we got Tariqa in there. And I guess it's a yeah decision between Bellerin and um, and Gutierrez and who we put as our hey. right back. Hair wise, you can't, you genuinely can't distinguish between them. Hair wise, when they both had long hair, they both had beautiful, thick, long black Latin hair. It's it's stunning. Um, but you you have to bring it down to ability, and you have to bring it down to ability in that position. And Hector Bellerin, um, obviously had his troubles with injuries, so we don't kind of know what kind of player he's come back as. But before he had those troubles, he was a phenomenal player. So you, you've, for me, I have to go purely on ability. I have to go Bayerine. I have to let me heart rule me head. Eh, me head rule me heart because I love Jonas, but it's got to be Hector Bayerine for me. Fair enough. Well, I think there could well be a, a space for Jonas on a on a on a utility man subs bench. Um, mm-hmm. we, we certainly 100%. need him and his and the power of that main. So, um, okay. Well, right back and left back, the potentially problematic areas I think of this team been solved um let's move into the middle now norm i think there's there's probably one um in the present day that's that's fairly obvious to me um i can't remember seeing it actually it's full length but it is in a little tight bun so i would say van dyke but um uh, i want to get your thoughts on on that as well have you seen it fully unfurled i haven't I haven't seen it fully uncurled, um, I, and I, I do think that I do think that I'd never thought of Van Dijk. I never considered him because I've never actually seen his hair down. Um, so he, he doesn't even make my kind of reserves, uh, which is which is phenomenal, really, given the talent that the man's got. Um, I think the uh, Leicester centre half, whose the letters of his name I always get the wrong way around. Um, Soyuglu, is it? Um, his hair is yeah. just his hair. I mean, we've gone on, you know, we've gone on record on Prem Pat on numerous occasions discussing his hair because it's just it's just perfect isn't it? it's beautiful it's you know it, it, it is straight out of a 70s cop show you know it's like the streets of san francisco with michael douglas like he could have he could have been on that as like a, as an extra or a regular cast member just purely based on his hair if he'd been around during that era um and he's a, he's a good center half as well but i'm not going to pick him um just because i want to go for a bit of nostalgia you know and I thought of Ricardo Carvalho, one of the best defenders to have the Premier League, you know, absolute dark arts. Um, I thought Jonathan Woodgate, he's Tottenham days. Um, you know, there was when he came back from Madrid, you know, players go to Madrid, they go abroad, these British players, and all of a sudden they grow their hair because it, it, it must be some sort of, they must think, well, I'm cultured, cosmopolitan, continental, now I'm going to grow my hair long. Gareth Bale kind of did it, didn't he? Um, yeah. But uh, as my first pick, mate, I've had to go with Fabrizio Colaccini just because the, not only was he a phenomenal player for a couple of seasons, especially 2011-12 when he finished fifth. I mean, he got into the... Um, I think he got into the Players' Player of the Year, 11, which is a hell of an achievement, really. Um, but also because it is... His hair is the very epitome of poodle rocking. It is the absolute poodle rocking hairstyle straight out of the 80s. White Snake, Bon Jovi, Van Halen... Your, you know, you, you name it, Motley Crue, it's absolutely beautiful. And, and the fact that he likes that kind of music as well, and he's Argentinian, and that kind of music still sells out stadiums in Argentina, just makes it for me. It has it has to be Fabrizio Colaccini. I, I, I can't, I don't even think I can bring myself to negotiate on it, mate. I think I have to insist. If this was Kirbishly, if this was Kirbishly in grit, you know, this might be a, a, the, the moment where that, that kind of managerial dream team falls apart, if you, <laughs> if you say no. 
<laughs> no, no, I'm with you. I've got I've got Colacini down um, for those reasons as well. He's yeah, obviously yeah, an excellent player, but identified for that hair as well. And it's a kind of hairstyle you can never see him changing. No. You know, Why as long you? as yeah, you, you can't you can't really yeah. You, you, has has that and he always will i think from from here on in which i think is an important part of this as well um having a ideally having a long-term um long hair i will you know i'll waver on that for some of my some of my decisions later on but i think uh, i think that's quite an important factor as well not just being a flash in a pan um so i, I completely agree with you on, on Colicini think, being in there do, do you think um so so my wife she um she basically said to me and I still think this was true that if I ever have a clean shave, that she'll probably divorce me. Do you think Colacini's got that kind of relationship with his wife? She's like, look, if you, when we met, we met at a White Snake tribute band concert in, in Buenos Aires, because um, that's obviously what happened. I, you know, I, I believe in anyways. It's what I've heard. Um, <laughs> and she says to him, like, look, if you ever get rid of this hairstyle, if you ever stop looking like, um, you know, Dave Van Halen or whatever he's called, is it Dave? Let's just call him Dave Van Halen. Then um, we're, we're done. Do you think there might be something like that going on? Quite possibly. Quite yeah. possibly. He may be being held to ransom, but, um, you know, if he is, then 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 more power to her arm. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. It's given us a lot of joy. And I think uh, to see, especially, especially now, to see... Because it, it's, kind of it's kind of a comedy haircut, isn't it? If you look at it on its own. But then mm-hmm. if you match it with the style of player and the control and grace and power with which he plays, it's kind of incongruous really isn't it so yeah. um for me to kind of triumph against the, the adversity and what people might perceive you as with that sort of haircut and still be you know seen rightly so as a you know a classy controlled composed defender um yeah. i think is uh, i think is a worthy worthy um you know attribute and worthy worthy of him making it into it the should team be preserved well, well when he when he passes it should be preserved much like um like the body of lenin in the mausoleum i think you know, we just they need to remove Colacini's scalp with his hair and just preserve it um, in a in a museum in in Buenos Aires, and people can walk past and, and look at it for years to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, m- I may not join you with that, um, but um, your loss, your loss. <laughs> but but uh, but I'll leave that. I'll leave you with those thoughts in mind, um, Norm. We'll, we'll move on to a centre half partner. And I was I was thinking of a few of those names you mentioned there as well. Um, I'm thinking Van Dyke. I've, I've been googling, and that you know there there is the odd image of him with uh, shaking his hair out, and it and it's one of those that grows out rather than down. But I don't think that should count against him. Um, mm. I think it is massive. But thinking about it and what we've talked about with Colaccini there, his hair may be technically long enough, but you don't necessarily identify him as a long-haired player. Mm. which I think is an important thing to bear in mind here. And I, I too, was thinking about Woodgate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he certainly did at, at Madrid. He, he grew his hair long. And I've got to admit, he was my favourite English centre-half of, of that era. I think I'm he with was, you on that. He was, I'm with you on that. He's one player. He was just, as much as a centre-back can look like poetry, he was just so smooth. Mm-hmm. Everything he did, the timing, his interceptions, the way he read the game, I just absolutely adored the way he played um but uh but uh, but i'm thinking what you know did he have his long hair long enough term now you mentioned spurs and he had it long to i'm pretty sure most of the time at spurs he did i think you're right um and and i kind of for me that puts him up against um ricardo carvalho who then after the first 
couple of years, I think, at Chelsea, he then went quite short on top again, didn't he? Yeah, because he was receding. I think um, if you look at him in his latter years, he's definitely... Uh, he probably could have in his latter years. He probably could have made the Follicly Challenge eleven. He crosses both both boundaries, which I think is a, a wonderful achievement, really, and it's testament to how good a player he was that he can he can make it into the ball eleven and the long eleven. Um, Jonathan Woodgate is without doubt the best centre half I've ever seen in my lifetime in Newcastle. Now I know the competition isn't great. We've just mentioned Colaccini. I mean Colaccini's second best, so there, there's your level of competition. Um, and he was just if injuries hadn't. Um, hampered him then I think Woodgate would have been an England regular for years and he would have yeah. achieved more in the game than he than he did um, he was just a, a spectacularly good player and like you see absolutely composed um, one of the most composed centre British centre halves I've, I've ever seen um, so yes ability he definitely makes it um, Carvalho is a wonderful wonderful player Um but we have to make a decision, and I would go for Woodgate on, on playing ability in the initial lineup I did put I put someone in purely because of the hair. Um, and that was Darren Peacock because that was just yeah. an absolutely spectacular hairstyle. And I think also Darren Peacock um, is from the West Country and he just, that hair in the 90s, along with that West Country accent, it, it just made me think of somebody who was just at Glastonbury, like permanently at Glastonbury in his head. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I could just picture him like playing a guitar or playing some bongos sat outside a tent, laying on a dressed in tie-dye, massive blunt in his mouth, just really happy. Um, and I loved him for that. But alas, in terms of ability, I think, I think I'm think i talking myself into Woodgate Yeah, I don't know how you feel. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think, yeah, it, definitely worthy of an honourable mention, Darren Peacock. I don't think we could have gone through the back line without mentioning him for the, for the hair alone um, uh, and obviously being part of that. Um, iconic team. A lot of our options coming from Newcastle, really, here at centre back, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the, but cutting I, edge, the, cut, the cutting edge of long hair fashion, Newcastle. <laughs> but I, I agree. I'm, I'm convinced that Woodgate had long enough hair for long enough in the Premier League um, to, you know, to warrant inclusion in this team. And as I say, he was, he was my favourite English centre half to watch. You know, amongst that time when we had brilliant array of centre backs from Terry, Carragher, Ferdinand, um, you know, Southgate. Uh, towards that, that that period as well we we had a, a time where we had six or seven just top class centre halves um Ledley King as well um oh, great but, but but Woodgate for me was Sol Campbell I, just, I think it's even so, Sol Campbell yeah. I missed out yeah. yeah so so you look at those options there um uh, but but for me Woodgate was just I just as I say he was just so smooth in just mm. his reading of the game everything was was almost effortless it wasn't that kind of last ditch he wasn't a blocker he read the game and intercepted and and and, and ran things and always had time and I, yeah it, it was just a pleasure to watch it's very hard to to make centre-back look as um as as sort of classy and poetic as it did and probably may, maybe more so back then well um, also Mike also you know this is a man who played the bulk of his games at Newcastle. He didn't play many games in Newcastle. In fact, I don't even think he reached 50 appearances because, he, as I say, he was absolutely hampered by injuries. But he did play quite a few of those games alongside Titus Bramble, who, you know, was yeah. just a, a walking calamity of a centre-half, really. Um, and there's... I may have mentioned this to you on Prem Patter before, um, but obviously as this podcast so for free, then anyone listening, if you haven't already seen it, then please do try and dig out the Newcastle United one Wolves one, sorry, it was Wolves one, Newcastle one. I was at Molyneux in, I think it would have been 2003-2004 season when Wolves had a season in the Premier League under Dave Jones. Um, they had Nathan Blake playing up front for them. And um, Jonathan Woodgate 
goes up for a header and Titus Bramble just absolutely wipes him out completely and utterly wipes out Woodgate and I think um, Nathan Blake gets on the ball and equalises for Wolves and it was just a, a moment that you thought to yourself poor Jonathan Woodgate this is what you've you know, <laughs> yeah. needs for a um, moment of realisation just like I don't deserve this I don't deserve no absolutely not and I think he probably feigned most of his injuries at Newcastle just so he could leave and I don't blame him for it so there you go Right, we'll get it is then. Well, we've got our back four or back five lined up then, really. So, Seaman in goal, Bellerin from right to left, Bellerin, um, Colacini, Woodgate and Tarico. Um, some some characters in there. Um, midfield, Norm, I've got so many names listed. Um, all four the cent- all four the defenders, mate? Spanish-speaking? I guess Woodgate's got enough. I mean, that could be a real advantage <laughs> in certain yeah. games. He's got enough, yeah. He definitely knows red card and own goal. I reckon. <laughs> after that debut. After that, that, that debut at Real Madrid. It's my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. That was phenomenal, couldn't, wasn't it? <laughs> couldn't write it. Couldn't write it. Can you imagine? Just like at, at that point as well. There are more English players going abroad now, but I guess it's still quite a rarity. But yeah, then uh, as well, it certainly was. And certainly going to Real Madrid, a centre-back from England, going to Real Madrid, you think... Oh Christ! This uh, this is a chance to change perceptions. First game sent off. Was it two own goals? <laughs> Just like God's sake. <laughs> um, so yeah, doing 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 our reputation at that time no good at all. Uh, I I put I put that down to the fact I remember the first time when I was living in Spain was we were picking teams and seven aside and there was Italians, French, German, Spanish, all sorts. Um, and uh, the the two of his English lads were basically the the crack was um. Right, um, we'll have one each, and, and you lads can kick everyone. It's like we we can we can we can pass the ball, we can play football. But I put that down to Jonathan Woodgate's debut, um, and nothing to do with my um, lack of or, or you know moderate football ability. Absolutely well. agree with you, mate. Outrageous! I don't even think that you would you would be a, a dirty player on the pitch. I can't believe one second. Outrageous indeed. Um, so we'll move on to the midfield, and as I say, Norm, I've got a vast list of players, some kind of not necessarily in there for for the ability, but some needed to be mentioned. So many. We we could have such a fluid midfield mm. here. I really don't know where to start, so I'm going to pass the buck um, and ask you to kick us off anywhere in this midfield, Norm. Mate, I have got a, a, a beautiful midfield. It's not even like... Um... Yeah, it's beautiful in terms of its ability, but it's also like an exceptionally good-looking midfield as well. It, it just wins on every level. You know, it's like four ticks, four big ticks. Um, and I'll start uh, on the right-hand side. Uh, even though he's predominantly, he's, you know, he's, he's a left-footed player, he could definitely play on the right-hand side. And I loved him. I really loved him. It's Patrick Berger. I've gone for Patrick Berger on the right-hand yes, side, mate. Agreed. What? I've got him in a there. A wonderful player. Got him in there. Hammer of a left foot. Absolutely, and he could definitely play on the right because he could cut in. He'd be really, really dangerous. Um, in fact, he could play across. He could play across all four midfield positions, and, and I think even at some point in his career, he kind of played up front, um, especially at Portsmouth. I think Redknapp had him in a kind of uh, almost like a number ten role on occasion. Um, he was just a really, really good player, and. I remember him being brilliant for the Czech Republic, and then when Liverpool signed him, I thought, yeah, they've got some some player in the end. And you know, Julier for all of the duds that he signed at Liverpool, um, Jimmy Chayor, yep, Bruno Shearer, Bruno you know, him and Vladimir Smicha were both wonderful players. I thought. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that you agree on Patrick Berger, mate. Spot on. Um, you can go on if you want, but I can I can suggest a left winger straight off the bat. I, I think I know. I think I know who you're going to suggest. It's someone who spent a bit of time. In the northeast, no doubt. Name him. Name him. Mr. David Ginola. Hundred percent. 
There is I no, mean, there is no he, argument. He he could just play anywhere he wants really in this team. I think we yeah. don't have to give him a fixed position, do we? Just like he's in he's in there. John Gregory played him centre half at Aston Villa. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, in a reserve game. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Was was that some sort of inspired uh, thinking from Gregory? Punishment. Um, wasn't it Gregory that said he was overweight and then he tore his shirt off after scoring a goal to show show that he wasn't? Am I yeah, remembering yeah, that right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you remember that correctly. He was just pure. He was just pure muscle, like absolutely chiselled muscle. Um, I think Gregory played you know at centre half just because basically John Gregory. He's like a, a junior Sunes, isn't he? You know, he's one of those managers who just doesn't like players who are, who are good, who have got flair. So yeah, it, was well, kind of, that... it was kind of a punishment for him. He took him off. You know what he did? John Gregory took off David Ginola just before half time when he was playing for Aston Villa at St. James's Park, which I think is testament to how much of an utter ball sack John Gregory was as a manager. Well, it's it is it's, um you know it's certainly done no good for his career. Um... After that, I, I think he. Where is he? Is he is Indian it, Premier in League? India now? India, yeah. The Indian he's, Premier he's League. Kind yeah, of yeah. settled for. He's he's been there for a good few years now. I think as not because he, he realizes. I think that's his uh, his limit. So um, yeah, so long, good riddance to John Gregory. Um, but yeah, Ginola and Berger. It's a hell of a start, um, isn't it? And Oof. I think just like Ginola, the way obviously you had even more more of a connection with him as uh, watching someone like that play for your club, but. Just it was just the it was when without getting too sordid and greasy it was just like the the way the locks when he got sweaty in a game kind of like towards the, the back of his head just would just would just like flow when it when he was running it's kind of I think that that kind of player when you're jinking and turning and and and, and dribbling past people if you've got sort of hair running past, flying back off the back of your neck in a headwind it does oh. make it look so much better. Um, for me, anyway, I can't imagine. I agree. You know, I agree. Yeah. Like Claudio Canigia did the same thing when I was when I was a kid, um, watching Claudio Canigia at the uh, Italia ninety when those Cameroon players basically assaulted him twice in the <laughs> yeah. space of thirty seconds. Um, I, I used to love it. From seeing a winger with long hair running down the wing in the hair flowing is one of football's greatest sights, in my opinion. And obviously, David Ginola was. I mean, he epitomised it, didn't he? Um, just a, a, a an absolutely spectacularly magnificent player um, and I'm so glad that he's, he's in the team I think Patrick Berger on one flank and David Ginola on the other I mean god almighty what a what a team yeah it's not bad not bad at all is it um, so we have to move on to the centre of midfield now Norm um, mm. plenty of options again mm-hmm. Um I will throw one in to start things off. Yeah. Um, little Luka Modric certainly has to have at least a mention in here, I think. Do you know what? I can't believe I didn't even think of Modric. I just thought for some reason, I've always pictured Modric with a kind of bobbed, a bob hairstyle, but just kind of just not below the years. Um, but I'm guessing that you've done your research. And if that is the case and Modric is here, which, you know, I was thinking back now, of course, it went past these years. Um, of course, he's in the team. I've gone... Modric is your playmaker, isn't he? He's, he's basically everything. He's your box-to-box. He creates the space. He's, he's just a wonderful, wonderful player. Um, and obviously the pinnacle the pinnacle of Modric at the, the World Cup in Russia, he was just incredible. Um, I had Tugai in that role um, that Modric will now take, I think, because Tugai yeah. at Blackburn Rovers, this is a Blackburn Rovers managed by Graham Souness, the most dour, miserable awful manager and I would say what a human being probably um, to have ever existed. Um, 
So, you know, the fact that Tugai managed to play for so many years under Sunes and was still as brilliant as he was is testament to how good of a player he is. Um, but Modric, yeah, Modric walks into the side ahead of him. I think Tugai's going to have to drop down to the bench. That's a that's a great shout, mate. Um, and I've gone, I've gone for an enforcer next to him who can also play. And I don't know if you think you've got an idea of who it might be. Oh, I don't. I'm gonna to have to give that a bit of thought, but I I agree. I I definitely want it. I wanted to try and find a way to fit Modric and Two Guy both in, to be honest, because he Two Guy is just he never. He, he was always old when he was in the Premier League. He always looked a lot older than he actually was. But I think when he first came over as well. But even when he looked about fifty, he would he could ping he could ping one in the top corner from thirty five yards, and the way he hit that like you see a lot of long-range goals and, and people absolutely welling them but he it was just like it was when he hit them it was just like an exocet missile wasn't it, it was so mm-hmm. arrow straight um such a clean technique and connection and he could just spray them around and and just you could guarantee three or four wonder goals for him every season and just even with that sort of gray looked like he was some sort of advisor in rohan in lord of the rings you know what i mean something, something like that like that <coughs> kind of like grizzled um sort of like yeah vacant eyes but my god what a what a player and i, I was very keen to get him in there alongside um alongside luka modric but i will i will um i will let you make your argument for your enforcer first i know we talked about robbie uh, robbie savage is the as the um as the sort of benchmark in terms of hair, um I'm hoping you've got a better option. Um and I think I might have an idea who it is actually. I do have a better option. Um Robbie Savage wouldn't wouldn't even make the subs bench just because um as a player I found him utterly abhorrent and it, it staggers me that he had such a long career in the Premier League. Um just quickly on two guy, that's a brilliant reference to um one of the Raiders of Rohan uh, from Lord of the Rings. I've I've just in the last space of the last week, in the space of the last week on isolation, um, my wife and I have watched um, the Hobbit trilogy and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And straight after that, I was like, I'm going to watch another trilogy. And I've chosen Blade. And I, I was actually thinking when I was looking at two guys today, Abraham Whistler, a young version of Abraham Whistler <laughs> from Blade, um, a young Chris Christopherson. And you can just imagine, you can imagine two guys at the peak of his career, like smoking like 40 really strong tabs, like cigarettes oh, yeah. a day, like really cheap, strong Turkish cigarettes. Like, have you ever seen the film Midnight Express? I've not, no. No, any, anyone listening who has, like, I can imagine the, the kind of cigarettes that they're smoking in the prison on Midnight Express, two guys just smoke them and it doesn't even affect them. You know what I mean? It doesn't even affect his lungs yeah. at all. He goes to the doctors for his medical once a month and they're like, oh, your lungs are perfectly clear. Do you smoke? 40 a day. I mean, just one of those people. Um... But moving on from two guy is a kind of hybrid of um, Abraham Whistler and a right of Rohan. Uh, I think it's, it's got to be Emmanuel Petit, mate. Yep. Yeah, I thought I, I thought that might be who you'd uh, who be going for. Not, not even just an enforcer. Not even just an, look. I mean, you know, an incredibly good-looking human being. That's you know, that's a given. Uh, wonderful hair, wonderful, wonderful hair. Um, when it was long, long and perfectly blonde as well. I don't even know if that was dyed. You know what I mean? That was that was. I think that was a natural blonde kind of um, almost Californian surf. I think he had going on, despite the fact yeah, that he's yeah. from you know probably some village in the middle of France that, I, that I've never heard of. Um, but as a player. Not only was he really, like, he didn't look like a hard player, but he no. was. And he was just really good. Like, the, the goal in the World Cup that he scored in 98, I mean, God, Lord, he was uh, just an excellent, excellent player. And he had a fantastic career. So for me, yeah, he's, a, he's an absolute walking as the uh, midfield enforcer who can, who can offer a bit more than, you know, just running around, smashing into tackles. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. He's somewhere on my long list, um, which is in no particular order at all. Um, yeah, actually, he's number three after after Seaman. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Petit in there is what what he won as well um, at Arsenal. Uh, yeah, you, you can't not have a World Cup winner, Premier League winner um, in there. And you're right, kind of sort of understated when you look at that team. Obviously, Vieira is seen as the hard element of that team but you know Petit and so many in that Arsenal team could look after themselves and he just it was just just again another one of those that was just so calm serene sort of player so I think if you have him and Modric in the middle of that midfield spraying balls out to to Berger Ginola um I think you've got a very uh, a, a midfield very adept at keeping the ball um, in there, so I, I'm happy with that. I think there are there are a few players that are worthy of mention. So before we move on from the mm. middle of the pitch, um, and uh, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember whether guys Mendieta during his his spell at Middlesbrough had long hair, or whether by that point he'd it trimmed it short enough. No, it was long. It was, it, yeah, it, I think it, when yeah, he first it, came, it was long still, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Absolutely, great, a great player. It was, it was so, so, inter- so interesting how his career worked out because he, he kind of at Valencia he was absolutely one of the best players in um in the world at the time, yeah. and it kind of went downhill after Valencia. Really didn't it? It just didn't work out from at Barcelona, and um, obviously he went and then signed for um Brian Robson. So you know it was never going to work out too well, was it? Nah, nah, indeed, indeed not. But um, I think yeah, he, he certainly deserves an honourable mention as do players like Pedro Mendes. Um, great hair, great yeah. hair, Br- brilliant hair, and, and not a bad, not a bad little player as well. Um, not adverse to an absolute belter from long range as well. But the goal against Man U that got disallowed, do you remember? Yeah, away? yeah, Roy Carroll throwing that basically out of the net when it was basically touching the net. Um, yeah, uh, and obviously the victim of that that Ben Thatcher assault as well. Um, so I think uh, I think Pedro Mendes deserves a deserves a shout. As do um, a few from from a bit longer ago. So I was thinking the likes of Reggie Blinker and Kobe Jones when I was uh, filling in the Panini sticker albums in the early to mid nineties. Um, definitely stuck out as players because of those dreads and the, you know, they they were they were very much an exciting look when you compared it to the rest of the players you were sticking in in those books. So um, I think while they're not going to get in there on talent, I think they're they're certainly in a hair eleven. No, great, great shout. Did, 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 um, Kobe Jones is a great shout, and that's uh, triggered a memory of John Hawks. Now, did John Hawks have a mullet when he first played for Sheffield? I he might have done. I always I'm got John. Ha- I always got John Hawks and Steve Harkness um, muddled up, but Harkness was at Liverpool, wasn't he? Um, John Hawks. Let's have a look. Um, he did. He had a mullet at Sheffield. He had a mullet, mate. He had a mullet. Oh, it's quite a delightful mullet as well, isn't it? Um, the thing is, did you've got to ask yourself this question. Was he playing for them in the Premier League with a mullet or did he sign just before the Premier League era? Now, that's the question, you know what I mean? Would he have qualified? Because we're talking just Premier League era here, aren't we? Um, we are. And I don't know. I don't know. His career at Sheffield, did it start in like maybe like sort of 1990? He signed for Sheffield in 1990 and he was there in 93. And by the time he left, he got rid of the mullet. So I think he only had the mullet season 1991. In that case, he would have been disqualified. 
And and I think to be fair, on quality, I don't think he's he's knocking any of those players out of that midfield. No, I mean, I mean, he's um, not he's not going to replace Luka Modric, is he? That's for sure. He's not. He's not. Um, another one that I was I was thinking about as we were going through another couple actually was um, Thiago had a, had a good couple of years at Chelsea. Lovely. Um, as an excellent player at all. And Root now Hullet. I don't know if this counts because he had. I was thinking Hullet. He had, he had the dreadlocks, but they weren't sort of. They they were kind of high, weren't they? It mm. was yeah, the undercut and kind of like they sat kind of high. So I don't think. In that time at Chelsea, obviously, if you look at 88, Euro 88, Hullet, oh, well, the touch um, as well, then, then no doubt. But I think by Chelsea, I think, um, yeah, it do- doesn't really count as much as we'd, yeah, we'd love well, it to. We're going to, have to do a, we're going to have to do a moustache 11 just because I was thinking they obviously were talking about Siemens tash before. And now you've mentioned Hullet 88, that tash that he was sporting in the 88 European Championships was just... It was just wonderful, wasn't it? I mean, him, oh, him and Seaman, if they if they went for a tash off, like it, it would be, it would just be a constant dead heat. You know, there would it would just be a tash off until until the both just died. The both died. <laughs> how, <laughs> how does that work? How do you uh, die from a tash off? What actually, what is involved in a tash off? Is it sort of back to back, take twenty paces and yeah. Flash the tash. Flash the, flash the tash. And basically what happens is, um, uh, you know, the, the turnaround that many times, it's a, it's a dead heat that many times that they just collapse from exhaustion and both die eventually. Fair enough. Um, or, I I'm mean, a, 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 fair, a fair way of doing it could be given a, give them a pint of ale and see how much of the head, how long the head stays in the respective tash. That's much better. That's much better than making them exhaust themselves to death. So we'll go with that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but much, Thanks, mate. much kind, much kinder on the families. Yeah, absolutely, um, as, as well. Um, uh, all right. Well, that brings us on to the the strikers, who I think we're going to have trouble with. For there, you comment about Drogba. As I say, I had Drogba down as a question mark, um, but it does make me worried. I think I can argue my way out of it, but it makes me worried for someone who I'm absolutely hell bent on getting in. In no, there. no, it's, he, he is. He's like happening. It's happening, well. mate. He's ha- it's happening. Name him because I've got him down as well. Fernando Torres. Oh no! I thought you were going to see Ian Marshall. <laughs> he's definitely, he's definitely there. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at a Marshall Torres front line. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> nah, I'm but, not, I, I thought Torres. I thought Torres, but Torres doesn't make it for me. Well, it's him not long enough. See, I, I can send you a picture um, of of Torres um, at Liverpool, and I think. I think it qualifies. Um, to be is it below honest. the is it below the years? Yeah. Oh, count. It, it qualifies. It is. It is. Yeah, it, qualifies. He, he had his he had his headband on when he took that off. It is is it is below the years. Wasn't oh, maybe maybe for that long, but I think there is felt especially. Um, there's a picture of him in that old black and gold Liverpool away kit where he's sort of like throwing it around like in a. Uh, you know, like in a um, hey advert, in a, in, hey, yeah, yeah, Pantene yeah, Pro yeah. V shampoo advert. advert, yeah, yeah, and it and it and it flies behind him. So I, I think, I think he definitely counts as as, as long hair for that. Well, Torres, he's a very good show because at Liverpool he was an utterly magnificent player. I saw him. I was lucky enough oh. to see him play for Atletico Madrid uh, when he was, you know, El Nino still. I think he must have been like nineteen, yeah. maybe. Um, they played away to Celta de Vigo, and I was living in Vigo at the time. And um, Atletico won three one, and Torres banged a couple of goals, and he was just. Utterly unplayable, like phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, it was a, a terrible Vigo side, but he was by far and away head and shoulders above anyone. Head and shoulders, shampoo reference there. <laughs> um, above anyone else, uh, anyone else on the pitch. Um, the thing is, mate, I'd have to argue against his inclusion as part of my front too because I think, I mean, Ian Marshall. You know, we're going to talk about him in a minute, but he's, he's definitely in the side, isn't he? Like, can we? Yeah. Are we just going to say, so Ian Marshall. Now, it's it's about who you would play well with up front. 
And I think Marshall Torres combo. I don't know if I'm convinced as convinced as that as I am by the Ian Marshall and Benny to a Carboni. All I, all, com- yeah, I mean Car- Carboni's there for me. I, I, what I would say before we move on is that Marshall Torres sounds like some some general from the Peninsula Wars, um, which I, I could get behind as well. Particularly brutal um, French general hiding around the mountains um, with some sort of cavalry corps, um, I, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about Ian Marshall first off, um, for obvious reasons. I'm gonna, I'm gonna want to put him in there, like the the mullet alone. He was. I had I had his his photo, not like a poster, but you know those those photos you bought to get the player signature on. Yeah. Um, when, yeah. when you're younger, those sort of like glossy postcard um, size. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had that I had that pride of place in the middle of my bedroom wall above my bed. Um, Ian Marsh and Alex Matthew um, up there, ripped out from the middle of the program. Um, Alex Matthew. Oh. And he was just he just loped. Like he, he he was he had a, he had a brilliant goal scoring record for Ipswich uh, when he was with us. Um, obviously uh, a legend at Oldham as well. Um, Leicester, uh, Leicester, but he he just he just loped. I think I don't know whether it was the sort of imbalance from having no shin pads and just his socks around his ankles, um, but he sort of had that. He didn't seem to run smoothly. It was always some sort of yeah, to say lope that then made that fabulous luscious mullet just sort of bob. Um, as he as he went through uh, and just just what a player um, I, I was I was just transfixed with him I don't know whether it was the, the mullet as a as a kid that that really that really you know stood out to me but he, he just had a he had an aura and a style that sat so naturally with him um, and that's probably what as a as a kid you just you think oh that guy's a bit different he's 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 just in he's in total control he can do whatever he wants and he's in in total control and everyone adores him so I think Marshall that combination of the hair and the how he's pulled off that mullet so I don't really think we have a, a proper mullet in this team yet and I think if we're having a long hair eleven it's got to be represented um and we'll get on to the manager i think our manager would certainly certainly select Ian marshall in this team oh absolutely i mean he's he's um he's his kind of uh he's his son it's his son really he's, he's a kind of adopted son but in terms of marshall everything you've said there i completely agree with um another thing about him that i like is much like you know like so two guy he looks like a a kind of um a, a battle-hardened warrior slash vampire slayer um Ian Marshall looks like he's just worked like sort of forty five years digging roads. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you know, if you if you're on a bus or in a car and you, you go past like a load of lads like in the smack in the middle of the road doing all doing all the digging and he's just like there, like sort of five or six feet in a ditch, digging away, <laughs> tabbing his tabbing his mouth, you know what I mean? Just absolutely haggard, but as strong as an ox. You know, you can like you can pick up like a bag of cement with his teeth you know what I mean he just puts it he just, <laughs> he just lifts his head up and it's there and, it's, uh, it's, this, it's this man strength I think we've talked about in the past it's yeah. like Sc- the Scandinavian centre half still have it they're yeah. not they're not rippling but they yeah. just they could fell a tree on their own Ab- absolutely and, and you can imagine he just goes like after work on a Monday he can you know straight after work five o'clock doing the pub sits there next six pints six pints straight back in take me on the way home works it wakes up in the morning six hours sleep straight back out to work again not even a bother. Collapses yeah. dead at the age of sixty-six. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, hundred percent Ian Marshall, mate. And um, you know, I think I think Torres, as much as I love Carboni, and just the fact that really, if you translate his name, it's Benny Car- Benny Charcoal. 
Benny Chalkwell is <laughs> yeah. a great name. But um, as much as a good player as he was, Torres and his pomp was phenomenal, wasn't he? I, he he's, he's the best centre forward I've seen in the flesh. Um, like his movement, just uh, unreal. Like the sharpness and the the quick thinking, but it was just, yeah, the, the movement then combined with it just a clarity. Like he made his mind up straight away. He knew what he was doing every time he was clean through. And I was just like for those few years at Liverpool, like, I had the pleasure like you of of being able to see him play in in real life. And my God, I've I've what a, what a, what a striker. Um, but I agree. I think. Carboni definitely, definitely gets a mention. Um, he was he was champing at the bit to get into my team as well. Um, so many delightful goals. Like it wasn't a great scorer of goals necessarily. Maybe ten or eleven a year, which were, you know for the clubs he played for. What Sheffield Wednesday yeah. was at Bradford, Bradford as well. A, a good a good contribution really. But I think he's he's one of those players for yeah fans of those clubs and and beyond the Premier League. He was just came in at that time where. It was just sort of changing, like we were bringing in more, more exotic and classy players like that. But it was still a novelty to have someone like that, and he was, yep. he, he, he for that reason, he really stood out from the rest of his team and was just such a a joy. The chips, the curls, the the belters again. He was one of those that could score a screamer, but didn't seem like he hit it that hard. He was just a poetic player, and he's, yeah, I, he, yeah. A, a he scored an overhead kick. Well. He scored an overhead kick against Newcastle um, in a two-one win for Newcastle under Kenny Dalglish. I think it was the first game of the season, the ninety-seven, ninety-eight season. Um, Tino Asprilla got two for us, and Carboni, I think, scored like a kind of. I would say like a half overhead kick, half volley. Um, and it was just utterly effortless. It was absolutely effortless. It was almost travelling slow motion, yet it was really fast and accurate. Um, if, if I can, if that makes any sense at all, he was, he was a great player. Um, and I think he's definitely on the bench. And can, can I just throw out an honourable mention? Um, because I'm, I'm truly staggered that, you know, we mentioned Attilio Lombardo last week and I'm just staggered that Palace had these two on the side at the same time. Yeah. Fat Tommy Brolin at Palace had long hair. When Tommy yeah. Brolin got fat and went to Palace and then started making, I think he started designing women's underwear at this point, didn't he? Um, he... Uh, he had long hair. He did. He did end up designing women's underwear, didn't he? I'm just imagining that. I've never, I've never heard that story. No, I mean, all, this, sure this needs to be checked. I mean, if, if it's not true, can we just pretend it is? Because it's, it's, it's spectacular. But um, I'm almost certain that Thomas Brolin went into the underwear industry, um, women's underwear. Uh, that uh, let me. I, I think I'm just making this up, mate. I, I really do. I, I genuinely think I'm just making this up. Oh, we're there. Tom, tennis player Bjorn Borg and football player Thomas Brolin. Um, mate, I think I, I think I've just made it up. Why have I just made that up? Where did I get that from? Where did I get the fact that where, where did I get Thomas Brolin made women's underwear up from? That where did is, I get that from? That is a warped dream that you've had there, Norm. That I would do my best to dispel from your head as soon as possible. But he's, <laughs> he is he he's certainly he was on my list that we had to mention. Um, and yeah, my God, there he just he just couldn't be asked with anything by the time. He got to Palace because he just like <laughs> let the hair go, let the belly go. He wasn't just sort of like chunky. It was generally just kind of like dog and duck Sunday afternoon like style. Toby Carvery. Toby yeah. Carvery. Yeah. Uh, just huge. Obviously, like but yeah, it, it was. I think it was at Leeds earlier nineties, wasn't he? Early he in was. his career as a young man yeah. as well, but obviously not with such long hair. But yeah, it's kind of the long hair where he just gave up on everything, couldn't be asked anymore. By the time he was at Palace. Um, 
but I, I completely agree. A couple of others who were sort of on the borderline who, who couldn't quite make it in was uh, obviously Van Van Nistelrooy and then Yari Lippmann as well that had the kind of the long sort of curtains that kind of the, the let go as an excessive tapering at the back, but not quite. I don't think at any stage enough to be to be classified as a long hair. Um, that I would I would I would say that Torres just about made it, but uh, I think make yeah. make it. It was it's Bjorn Borg who designed women's underwear. Thank God, <laughs> thank God it was someone. I knew there was some Swedish person, Swedish sports person that designed women's underwear. I'm, I'm, I feel I feel relieved. I feel relieved that you know I hadn't just conjured up Thomas Brolin as a designer of ladies underwear from Norway. I'm I'm so relieved about that because uh, I was I was genuinely after this podcast gonna kind of go and sit in the garden for a while with a with a cup of tea and just question make the point of my life. Um, so, I don't so how, out, so how, how did you? How, take us through the Google search uh, that you know that corrected your memory. How did you get from typing Thomas Brolin women's underwear to finding out it was Bjorn Borg? Well, is there a link? Uh, is I, that I, mistake many people have been made? It's like I think Google suggests. I think what you meant to search for was Bjorn Borg. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously without thinking. The first thing I typed in was Swedish footballer women's underwear, and then that that basically came yeah, up fair. with. Um, suggestions about the Swedish women's national football team in underwear and I thought that's really not good on my history so I quickly typed in um, designer and then it came up with Bjorn Borg and it just had the cross out footballer it had the word crossed out footballer um, so it was Bjorn Borg there you go but yes yes I'm, I'm very much now regretting typing in Swedish footballer women's underwear into my history on um, my computer so there you go happy days this has just been an absolute disaster and I'm probably going to go and have that existential crisis um, Fair enough. No. Um, well, before you do that, Norm, um, I'm sure you've got a few words for our manager. Um, well, it's, do you name him. He's a man who's come up in a, in a, a few times on a pod um, as a potential spin-off documentary series um, uh, of him residing at Stockley Park. But it's, um, <laughs> it's got to be Jerry Francis, hasn't it, who has persisted with the mullet throughout his career. Um, even into even into old footballing age, he's still clinging on to it when he was the assistant at Stoke under Pulis. Um, there, there, there's no other option, really, is there? I mean, I, I tried to think of other managers who had long hair in the Premier League, and I genu- genuinely couldn't come up, come up with one who had hair past their years. Um, but even then, it wouldn't have mattered because the thing is, Jerry Francis, that mullet, as you say, you know, I, I think when he was a baby, he had that mullet. I think it's just been there forever. Um, and and it's truly truly spectacular it's it's it kind of it takes the mullets beyond the mullet it's almost post mullet you know what i mean it's got everything the mullet needs but then just something a little bit more like the spikes are a little bit higher on the top the length's a little bit longer at the back um it's you know it's peter stringfellow on on steroids there's no it's i'm lost for words mate i'm lost for words when i come to think about jerry francis and mullet um so, yeah, regardless of the fact that he never really taught many trees as a manager in the Premier League, you, you can't not have him involved in a squad of players that have got long hair. No, you can't. It just 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 an absolute joy. And there is for... I can't remember if you remember it as well, but there's a great... Um, on the Vidal and Skinner's Fancy Football League, um, they had a, a Phoenix from the Flames um, uh, sketch with Jerry Francis, um, which I think... 
goes on to talk about General Tito <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, and it's just it's just genuine. I think there might be a pigeon involved as well. I can't remember, but it it is. Look it up. It's on YouTube somewhere. But it's the most bizarre, <laughs> ridiculous thing ever and jerry francis plays a starring role in it um so i would i would wholeheartedly advise you to to google jerry francis phoenix from the flames and um, and, and and put some meat on the bones of that because it's an absolute joy can i um just quickly read out obviously on the wikipedia page um you know wikipedia i think this may have been edited by somebody for a laugh but on the wikipedia page at present there is a section under jerry francis entry that says here and it reads as the following Francis is thought to be the owner of the world's finest mullet. And in 2007, he took the crown from Randy McAndrew at the World Mullet Organization, Global Classic in Biloxi, Mississippi. He later relinquished his <laughs> crown after it was proven he had added spam to his shampoo, which is not allowed under <laughs> which is not allowed under WMO rules. And then under his honours list, it's got individual, Premier League Manager of the Month, December 1994, and underneath that, 2007 Mullet of the Year, Global Classic, World Mullet Organisation, brackets, part of the Tri-Series World Cup. So um, whoever went onto Wikipedia and did that, you're a genius. Yeah, fair, fair play. I think we could take it with a fair pinch of salt, but um, yeah, bringing bringing Jerry Francis and Spam together in his hair care, I think, is a is a worthy a worthy sp- um, use of anyone's time. Certainly in these in these times where we have a lot more of it on our hands. Um, but that 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 concludes it. I think we've 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 got our eleven. We've got several honourable mentions for the bench here, Norm. If we just go through, I think what we've got: Seaman in goal, um, yep. Bearin. Colacini, Woodgate, Tarico at the back. Berger, Modric, Petit, Ginola with a front two of Ian Marshall and Fernando Torres <laughs> up front, which is an absolute joy. I think we can obviously make space on that bench for Carboni, Gutierrez. Andy um, Carroll? Yeah, and Andy Carroll's a, a, another another possibility, right? Two guys definitely got to be on there. We haven't talked about Crankjar. Paul Warhurst, um, Paul Warhurst, Jonathan Greening, you know, Ivan Campo. Oh, um, Campo, that was a so, So you know, plenty, plenty of players that haven't even even made it onto the sort of consideration list. But I think uh, I, I'm pretty comfortable with those that have have made it in, t- in terms of a balance of quality and hair. I think we've got a fine a fine starting lineup there. It's just I don't I don't think uh, I think there'll be a long queue for the showers. That's the only problem after a game. Yeah, but also if they do, if the club do clinch a sponsorship deal with um, Head and Shoulders, then you know, or spam, laughing, aren't they? or spam, <laughs> yeah, spam, even spam, because <laughs> apparently, apparently, it's really good if you want to wash it, <laughs> wash it here. So there you go. Yeah, there, there you go, indeed. I think that that wraps it up for today's pod. Hopefully. Um, that's given you a bit of respite and a bit of um, a bit of a chance to think football. I know it's certainly one of our week's pleasures, norms, to to still catch up and indulge ourselves. Really, just talking about football and allowing ourselves to go down the rabbit holes that we've uh, had to pull ourselves away from when um, just reporting what's happened in the Premier League over a weekend. So um, we will be coming up with some some more ideas, some more pods to do over the weeks because I think we'll have a lot of time to fill without football. Um, as you mentioned, Norm, I think Atash 11 is certainly on the cards at some point in the future. But What about um, a, fat ele- a fat 11 as well? A fat 11, yeah. 
Yeah. Thomas Brolin may well find his way off the bench for that. Yeah. Um, if we can tease him onto the pitch with some sort of hot dog or, or something like that. Um, or, or women's underwear, who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, there are plenty more to cover um, and we will be back with you. Hope you're all keeping well. Norm, thank you for your time again and uh, look forward to doing it all again um, over the next few weeks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.